Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to episode number 70 of Sports Cards Live. Today is December the 19th, and I am Jeremy Lee. All right, before we get into tonight, I do want to thank my guest from not yesterday, but the Friday before. We had Bobby Burrell and Karn Rye join me. We took a deep dive into the record-breaking Wayne Gretzky PSA 10 rookie cards that were sold by Heritage Auctions. That was awesome. Check out that episode. I also want to thank last Saturday's guest, Michael Hodges from The Clubhouse. What a great guy. Had a great time on that episode. Check out The Clubhouse. want to let you guys know this next Saturday, a week today, my guest is going to be Dr. James Beckett. He'll be joining for the second time on the show. And as a bonus, this is going to be part one. He's going to come back for part two, two weeks later on what will be January the 9th. So that's going to be pretty awesome. We have Dr. Beckett coming on twice in the next little bit here. Sandwiched in between his episodes is going to be Josh Johnson from Cardboard Chronicles and Card Ladder, one of the most articulate, uh, concise speakers I've ever heard in the hobby. So I look forward to you guys seeing him, and I'm sure a bunch of you know him already. I want to let you all know that after the episode tonight with Scott from Starstock, we have Andy Kaysen, who is from the Fantasy Football Card Quest. He is a Starstock super user, and so he's going to join tonight later on. So it's going to be a Starstock evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to learn a lot about the platform. If you're new here, there's over 80 episodes in the archives. Check them out. They're categorized into playlists. You can look through, look through the main show playlist. You'll find something that you want to see if you haven't seen it before. I encourage you to do that. Uh, if you haven't yet subscribed, please do. We are almost at 1,750 subscribers. I want to thank each and every one of you guys that do subscribe, and especially those that do come back and watch the show live, and also everyone who comes and watches it later, and the podcast listeners. I thank all of you guys. Want to make sure you guys are following on Instagram, the Big Three Hockey. I'm going to throw up their Instagram address right now. Follow these guys; they're awesome. They just showed uh, Michael Jordan PSA 10 Noise Boys from 1997 on their Instagram page. Check it out. I looked at it for a couple of minutes. I love that card. It's kind of out of my price range now, but uh, too bad I didn't grab it a year ago. Anyway, check out the Big Three Hockey. There they are on the ticker right now. Also want to shout out Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine and Adam, the Real 27 guy. Check out his uh, the magazine. It's a digital magazine by subscription. Issue 4 just came out and it's jam-packed with awesome information, indices, all sorts of cool stuff. So check out those guys. He even offers a money-back guarantee, which is pretty cool. All right. As always, your questions, your comments are in play. So let's get to tonight's guest who came into the hobby as honestly as the rest of us through his father, who was a serious collector. He started Card Shop Tuesdays in elementary school, but took high school off of cards. Later on, he became a fantasy sports specialist. And one thing led to another, and he was looking for sport, looking at the sports card market, and he noticed an opportunity. Then in November of 2019, Starstock was launched. He's a big fan of Carmelo Anthony, Tiger Woods. He's a fan of the New York Knicks, the New York Rangers. He loves playoff hockey. Who doesn't? Originally, and hailing from New York, Let's bring him out, Scott Greenberg. Welcome to episode number 70 of Sports Cards Live. How are you doing tonight, my man? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. So listen, I want to jump right in with what I call the jump ball question. And, uh, you know, you guys made some big news not too long ago. You raised some seed money from uh, from Kevin Durant and AJ Vaynerchuk. So how did you end up finding money? How did you end up raising money from these guys? Yeah, you know, we, we were lucky to, uh, you know, have some good people on our team, um, you know, that that had uh, experience raising some capital. I had a, a little bit of experience myself as well. And um, we were able to get some great introductions to some really great investors. And, um, you know, they they liked the mission that we were on and, and they believe in in uh, what we're trying to build here. And, and so we're lucky to have them on board. We're really excited about it. Yeah, no doubt. Those, those are some, I would think, got to be some great partners. I mean, Kevin Durant, obviously the professional basketball player. Um, are you expecting much involvement from him or more of an investment and in kind of just he'll read the report sort of thing? He came in as an investor. Um, and so we'll we'll see. Um, he's pretty busy uh, playing basketball right now, coming back from his injury. And so um, we'll let him focus on that. And, and maybe when the season's over, we'll see if we could, you know, we can do something with him. But uh, yeah, we're just really happy to have them have them on board. His partner, Rich Kleinman, um, has a a huge passion for sports cards, um, super passionate about it. And so we're, we're really excited to have them. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And then AJ Vaynerchuk, brother of Gary Vaynerchuk, the, the famous uh, influencer, social media influencer and, and sports card hobbyist. Um, what's it like having sort of these guys um, on board somewhat now? And uh, how do you see leveraging that their reach and their social media reach? Yeah, I mean, AJ's a, an amazing businessman and entrepreneur as well. Um, and also very into sports cards. Um, he runs Vayner Sports, which is a sports agency. So he's a, a no-brainer for us. We were just ecstatic to get him, um, you know, on our cap table. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we feel really lucky. We, we feel very fortunate. And now it's time to put their money to good use and, and uh, you know, continue to work on our product and, and just continue to make it better. Well, so that was going to be my next question about, about uh, this investment is the money that you raised. I mean, you know, I have an idea what you're going to do with it, but that would just be my speculation. But, you know, when you go to the market and raise funds like this, you have a use of proceeds kind of table that you show the the potential investors. What are you guys planning to do with this money? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, um, we want to continue to build out our product, uh, improve it, can use so like so much improvement. Um, you know, we want to scale up our operations even further. We want to process cards faster. We want to ship cards faster. We want to submit cards to, to grading companies more efficiently and, and more frequently. Um, and we want to market the product, bring more people on, find, you know, get more buyers, get more sellers on. And so um, tons of work for us to do in, in this new year. Um, and, and we're really excited about it. All right. Well, you know, congratulations on, on, on you know, first of all, raising the money, um, having those in particular individuals involved. I, th I think it's, it, it speaks well. It's, ni it's nice for us as hobbyists to know that there are professional athletes that are willing to, you know, support it, support the hobby a little bit, put some money and invest, see where it goes. It, it, I think it's just proof that we are, we are gr outgrowing our, our usual confines of this hobby and we're definitely starting to, uh, to reach new, new heights and levels. And you guys are part of that. So, I congratulate you and, I, and I'm happy about it as well. I, and I wish you well moving forward with that for sure. Before we get into the rest of the discussion, let's say hello to who we have joining us. We've got a bunch of comments coming in. So I want to welcome the viewers. We have Eric Perry. Good evening. Nice to be yeah, nice to have you among us tonight. Eric Rondell's here as always. Rondell, great to see you. We got Charles in the house. We got Ziggy in the house. 
We got Steve Manzi. Steve is the owner of the Toronto Sport Card Expo. We'd love to see you guys set up up there eventually, Scott, once uh, once we can do these things again. So would I. We got hockey, hockey. Yes, we have fire in the house tonight. Back-to-back Starstock guests. We're going to start with the CEO, and we're going to finish off later on tonight with a super user and someone who really enjoys the platform and uh, uses it to its full extent. So that's going to be awesome. Brian Kingsley, good evening to you. Austin Olson's here. We got Axonite with us. We got Tiger Jordan. Always good to see you. Austin Olson is here with us good tonight man. as well. Ziggy says, welcome to Scott. Jeremy Pringle, Sports Cards Live is the new game to Hockey Night in Canada. There you go. Joe Perot, welcome. Welcome from um, welcome from California to Joe Perot. He wished he grabbed the noise boys too. No doubt about it. Names in the house. Good evening. Yamwax, how are you doing? We got Mike Absolute with us. Hockey Hockey says, do you see yourself allowing all Panini sets? So that's for you, Scott. Do you see yourselves allowing all Panini sets? No, uh, probably not. We we will probably expand on, on what we accept right now. Um, but, you know, we were having this conversation a few days ago. There's so many sets. Um, and so for us, we like to limit the amount of sets that we have on for two reasons. First is we want to make the product simple. Uh, we want someone to come, you know, come to our site, search for Zion Williamson and you know, maybe only find four or five brands, but not 28 or 30. Um, you have inserts and parallels as well. And so you would potentially come to our site and just find thousands of different cards for a player, um, which isn't a bad thing. But for us, we really want to keep things simple. Um, and then the second reason is we want to process cards that we think people will buy and that we think will, will hold value. Um, and part of the reason why we're able to process our cards really fast and get them into the vault super quickly is because of that. All right. Thanks for that. Hope that's uh, good for you, Hockey Hockey. We got an anonymous Facebook user. Great to have you tuning in. Maybe that's Rod. I'm not sure. Roy G, aloha to you. Jeff McMahon is in the house. Uh, we're going to come back to that one, Hockey Hockey, where we got that on the agenda for a little later. ACL Cardboard, welcome to the show tonight. We got Chris from Vegas Finds in the house. Check out his channel. One of the funniest guys out there doing content. Scott, welcome to you. Aaron Rasmus, happy to have you with us. Ryan, good evening to you. We got, there's a, there we go. We got Andy, the Fantasy Football Quest. He will be my guest on After Hours, and be sure to check out his YouTube channel as well. <laughs> Vegas Fine says he's on Starstock right now, checking it out. Brian Kingsley, Jordan, Noise Boys, about to sell, sold PSA 10 for <clears throat> $29.50. Sounds like a steal, absolute steal at $29.50. And J-Rod, would you consider accepting certain players if they are not rookies, like Jordan and Kobe Bryant? So, well, we actually don't accept vintage cards or non-rookies right now. So I guess those non-rookie Jordans and, and Kobe's wouldn't qualify for two reasons at the moment. Um, we do get a lot of questions pretty frequently on, you know, will you allow vintage in the future? What are you going to do when so-and-so retires? And so I do see, I, I think it's very likely that we could add some vintage cards to our site in the future. However, if we do, I, I think we're going to stick with the rookie only theme as well. Um, and so, but who knows? Um, but as of now, that's that's probably what it, you know what I think is most likely. And you know, I, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Scott. I mean, some people may say, well, you know, it's it's so it, it's a narrower offering. But what I like about it is that it's focused and it's niche and it's slick and it's fast, and you kind of know what you're going for. And let's face it. High volume commodity type rookie cards. There's a lot, lot of, lot of excitement about those cards right now, and they are the, in my opinion, they're the cards that are the closest to a stock in a player, where you actually have liquidity. 
you know, a card like the Michael Jordan Noise Boys that I that we've just mentioned tonight and other super rare inserts and parallels, the the liquidity is very slim. You're lucky to find them once or twice a year for sale on uh, several low population cards. So you guys are more looking for the higher volume commodity type cards and rookies is just sort of the sweet spot, I would think. Is that is that kind of am I, am I right on all that? Exactly. Um, and we, and you know, we want the site to be pretty commoditized. Um, we want people to know that when they're going and buying a player, they're buying their, you know, stock card. It's like a, you know, a prism base card or an optic base or um, a, a prism silver. Um, and if you think of it from like those stock terms, their rookie year is like their IPO. Um, their second, their third, their fourth, their 17th, if you're LeBron. Um you know, it's a little different. And so I think there are a few players that demand good prices for their second year cards. LeBron, Luca, maybe Giannis. That's about it. You know, um, obviously like Kevin Durant, a few other guys, but most people don't. Um, and so we wanted to keep things very, very simple. When you go to a player, you always know you're buying their rookie card. You don't have to look at the year. Um, and, and so that's something that, that I think we, you know, we like about our site. Um, and so I don't think it's likely we'll add, add second years, but I do think it's likely at some point we'll add vintage players. All right. Yeah. I mean, growth and scale must be something you're thinking about. It's just a matter of timing, right? Let's, let's do what we do best and do it well. And then let's grow from there. That's what I always say to my colleagues in my business. So, okay. A couple more comments we're going to get to here. So, uh, you probably didn't see on Facebook today, but, um, uh, Hockey Hog says I should be displaying my feet in order to show off my Ovechkin socks because I am wearing Alexander Ovechkin socks tonight. Let's see what today, you got. Uh, okay, I'll show them. Can you do a kick? Can you do a, like a little kick there up? You go. There's cool. Alexander Ovechkin. <laughs> I'm going to show. I actually brought. So this is what I was like called Major League Socks. These guys and I found they they targeted me on Instagram and I bought this many pairs, and they come like you know I got the Dale Howard Chucks, the Peter. I got it's all hockey that I got, but you know there's the Gretzky's the. Timu Solani's, the Alexander Ovechkin's, Sean Monahan, Matt Barzell, and Stan Mikita's. Well, well, as a business owner, I'm happy to see that the targeting's working, right? That that <laughs> it worked on me. <laughs> that was my post said targeted ads got me on on Facebook a couple months ago, or Instagram, wherever it was, and I and I, I went and I hit shop now and I bought myself some socks. And they were doing it where if you bought if you spent a certain amount, they gave you three bonus pairs, surprise pairs. So. I bought my socks and I've been wearing them. It's the first time I've showed them, but they're actually pretty cool. They, you know, they have a nice little caricature of the player. And uh, so anyway, those are the boxes for them. I also want to point out, everybody, if you, you haven't noticed it yet, I've got a new jersey hanging behind me. That's a Timu Solani autographed Anaheim Mighty Duck or Anaheim Duck sweater that was uh, I received in the in the mail the other day from Steve Menzi, who I think is watching us still, owner of the Sport Card Expo, who sent it to me as a thank you. And I want to thank you, Steve. I love it. And it now hangs up beside behind me, which is pretty awesome. J-Rod wants to thank you for the answer earlier. Vegas Fine says you should allow Connor McDavid Young Guns as the lone hockey card on the site. And we're, we're, we're going to pressure Scott for hockey tonight. Don't you guys Ooh. worry about that. That's Michael why I Scott, do you guys, do you expect increased regulatory attention in 2021? Great question. Right now, they're, you know, we're just a, we're just a secondary market for sports cards. So there's no... Uh, you know, we, we don't need to be um, regulated in any way right now, uh, just like eBay doesn't need to be in terms of just being a secondary market for collectibles. Um, and so the way in which we show things on our product 
Um, you know, we try to show you graphs and, and charts and data and, and make it really feel like you're buying into a stock. Um, but you're buying a, a, a physical sports card or just a collectible item. So we don't we don't need to be reg, uh, regulated in any way. Yeah. OK, sounds good. Xander, welcome to the show to you. Ziggy says, love staying focused. Don't lose the focus. I think that's a good point. Uh, RSTU says, huge fan of Starstock and have sold over 7,000 cards on the platform. How does Starstock plan to address cards that were graded the first six months with looser standards versus grading stricter standards in place now? Is this something you can uh, speak to, Scott? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, we we definitely got a little bit stricter. Basically, about a month in, we were like, all right, we need to tighten things up. We went back in and regraded most of our cards. Um, and you know, where if if we come across a card and we think that the grade's inaccurate, um, we will change the grade and we will notify the user. Um, if we end up changing an A to a B and a person bought that A, we'll give them you know the option to uh, you know take take the money difference or um, provide them with an A so they can keep hold on to that card. And so. Most of our cards are, are you know, on the, the exact same standard. Um, almost every single one is on the exact same standard. The other thing, too, is if you request to get cards sent to PSA directly from us, we look at the cards again before sending them off to PSA, and you'll get another opinion as well. Um, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to ask you some questions a little bit later on about your rating structure. I think it's really interesting, and I want to give you the chance to, to explain that. Bless and Break says, speak of the devil, I'm just starting my first submission to Starstock right now. Noah Jones loves the show. Thank you, Noah. Love having you here. Bless and Breaks, saw, and I saw this stream. Well, thanks for jumping in, buddy. That, that's pretty awesome. My uh, And Hockey Hockey says, uh, do you see Starstock's data tool to continue to be for in-house sales, or do you see it also displaying eBay sales data in the future? So we actually launched the site with eBay sales data. Um, and we did that to help people price originally out of the gate. That was kind of one of the things we were thinking about was, all right, we get all these cards on the site. Um, how will someone know how to accurately price their card? And so we, we scraped some eBay data at launch. What we realized a couple months afterwards is that we had so many sales actually partaking on our site and showing the eBay data as well um, was actually kind of like clogging some some of the charts. So we decided last week that we'll probably we're going to probably take the eBay data off the site um, and just show Starstock data moving forward. Um, and so you might see that reflected on some players, but not all quite yet. All right, right on. Okay, so and uh, Charles, we're going to talk about hockey a little bit uh, later with Scott, but Scott. Uh, first of all, I want to mention everybody, you can see on the ticker right now, that's where you can follow uh, Starstock on Instagram and Twitter at Starstock Market, their website, simple enough, starstock.com. So check these guys out. Scott, you know, you're as a fantasy sports specialist, which is what you considered yourself be before and a hobby. And I think that, hey, man, I mean, I'm, I was a hockey draft specialist myself. So I understand. I understand it. And I think it makes sense. But you're also a hobbyist. You've also been a collector. You grew up as a collector. You were influenced by your father. He's a collector. Talk a little bit about the similarities between fantasy sports and card collecting. Yeah. So my, you know, my card collecting is kind of split into two different. Uh, I wear two different hats and cards, let's say. So I have a collection. These are cards that um, I've been collecting since I was little. Some of them I still have. Some of them, you know, I've traded or sold to get other cards that I want. I have a pretty 
solid collection in golf and, and basketball and a little dabbled a little bit in football this year as well. So I love collecting cards. I have a couple hundred cards that I keep on my desk um, in my room that I look at every day. Then the other hat I wear is like my investing and trading hat in cards. And this is how I make money to buy the cards that I want to collect. And I, and and that's basically how we we came up with Starstock is about a few years ago, um, you know, my partners and I saw what was happening in cards and saw that, you know, for those stock cards, for a lot of the more commoditized, um, you know, Prism, Optic Select, base cards, people were trading them as athlete stocks. And the prices of these of these cards were directly correlated to how these players were playing their games. I thought that was super interesting. And so I think that aspect is really, really similar to fantasy sports, um, similar to sports betting in some ways. If you're placing like future bets on MVP, Super Bowl, I think this team's going to uh, win more than 10 and a half games, whatever it is. Um, but the similarities I saw with fantasy was you're trying to find undervalued players. And that's what fantasy is. Whether you're picking up someone on the free agency wire or you're doing this through the draft, you're trying to find people that are undervalued based on their average draft position. And that's how you win the draft. Um, and so I thought, I thought, you know, when I, when I started getting back into sports cards, that there was a lot of similarities there and that you're basically trying to find players that you think there's a pricing arbitrage on. Um, and so that's why I got so into it. And I guess that's why we're here today. Um, you know, it, it's just so much fun. And, I, you know, I think it's a lot more fun than fantasy, fantasy football, fantasy basketball. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy that I switched my focus over. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, you know, for me, and I'm sure many of the people watching right now listening, you know, a lot of us have gone into fantasy sports in the past, whether it's a basketball draft, a baseball draft. You know, for me, I've been doing hockey pools since the mid 80s, since I was really young. And, you know, in more recent, not even more recent years, in the last 15 years, when, whenever it's been, you know, you you pick your team for the year and then it's like, man, you feel like you own them amongst you and your 10 or 12 friends that you're in the pool or the draft with or the fantasy league with. You feel like you own that player. Mm -hmm. But as a collector, I've always thought, oh, you know what? Maybe I should put together. Uh, I should just find the rookie cards or a nice card of all these players and display them nicely for the year because this is my team for the year. And I'm wondering, am I alone on that? Or did any of you guys out there watching, listening? Did any of you guys ever have you done that? Have any of you thought about doing that? Uh, or is it just me totally nerding out on cardboard and, and, and fantasy? And I don't, I got to think I'm not alone. I have to think a lot of people have been that. You're not alone. Nope, not at all. I, I bought a lot of cards of some of the guys I drafted uh, this year, probably five or six of them. So you're not alone. It's fun. And yeah. if you believe in the guy, then it makes sense, right? And you might as well double down. Yeah, exactly. Double down. Take him in fantasy, take him in cardboard. It makes sense. And, and you know, I, th you know, I, I think the whole fantasy card collecting, uh, you know, th those, you know, we, you think a lot of, you think you need to think the same when you're approaching both, if you are approaching it from that sort of perspective where you're investing in modern current players, young players, rookie cards uh, of these current players, it makes sense to me. Um, you know, and as you pick players that are older, more veteran type players, you know, it, I think the ability to, for, to see quick flips in them and, and gains at quick flips are maybe don't happen because they're winding down their careers. They're not the ones lighting the score, lighting the lamp or, you know, hitting those, hitting those free throws, hitting those, those jumpers, let's say who wants to hit a free, free throw. And, uh, you know, you're just not getting as much excitement from those guys. So 
Um, so cardboard can fill in that gap for sure. And maybe down the road, Starstock, you know, will will get to the point where you are, you've scaled enough and you, you know, once, I think once you do what you're doing really well, you have everything figured out and your systems are awesome, then it, you, uh, you know, you will scale, I believe, um, just naturally, right? I, I think it's got to happen. But anyway, I love the similarities between fantasy and cardboard. I think it makes a lot of sense. So you guys, um, and you in particular, I believe, you know, you got back into the hobby, you were looking at the market, you were looking at eBay, and you obviously put your, your you, you figured, hey, I'm a fantasy guy, I collect, there's something there. How did you identify and what made it obvious to you that there was a need for a platform like Starstock? Yeah, well, um, if you're trying to play the fantasy game and sports cards, if you're trying to buy um, players and flip them around to make to make some money and kind of take that profit and buy some more and, and make more money and, you know, compound it, um, the fees crush you. And so like for most of the, you know, the wheelhouse that I was dealing with was anywhere from a $5 card to a $200 card. I wasn't uh, buying, you know, really, really expensive cards. Um, and when you're buying a $5 card and the shipping and the fees cost just as much as the card itself, you just feel like an idiot buying it. At least I did. Um, and it was, and it just didn't make any sense to me. Um, then the other two aspects were just like convenience things. And, and just, I thought that there was a lot of friction on the site. Um, you weren't allowed to buy at scale. I wanted to buy 20 cards at a time for the same player um, and realized that it was going to take me a long time to do so. If you wanted to buy a hundred or 200 cards of the same player, you had to do it in individual transactions. It could take you weeks. Um, and then all of the packages are showing up in the mail at your house um, or your apartment. And for, you know, for these cards, I didn't even want the cards. I just wanted to be able to buy into the athletes. And so what we realized is if we could take the shipping out of play um, and if we have a model that keeps all the cards in one location, then we can allow people to instantly trade with each other back and forth um, without needing to ship the card. And they can buy at scale because if you wanted to buy 20 or 100 of a player, we can grab multiple sellers into one transaction. And so by doing that, we've created a really fast moving marketplace with, with tons of uh, pricing velocity. Um, and so our seller fees are 5%, which I think are, if not the best, one of the best in, in the industry. Yeah. So you're really taking the friction out of the market that we see it now. You're getting rid of the shipping. You're getting rid of the, the scanning. <laughs> I guess there is a bit of shipping to send you the cards because they have to get into your vault. But once yep. it's there, they can trade multiple times without leaving the, the vault. Exactly. And if, and you can pack up, you know, we have some people that have sent us their whole collection. They'll send us 10,000 cards at once. Um, we'll process all of them. We'll put them in, in their collection. They list them for sale. Um, and when they sell, their work is done. They get an email notification, um, you know, that, that they got, that they're about to get paid. But we, we take care of the shipping if that customer wants that card shipped home. Um, and so we try to take a lot of the work off your hands. We try to make it, uh, you know, more profitable for you. Um, and we try to make it more fun. We, we, you know, we're, we're trying to build a product that's gamey and fun and that has analytics and stats um, and, and just is a, a fun place to interact with while, while you're watching a, a sports game. 
Yeah. Okay. And we're going to get a bit into more, a bit more into that a little bit later. Dexflow says, Jeremy just picked up a second year SGC eight Opeachy Gretzky for two fifty. Did I get a deal? I think you did actually. I think that sounds like a good price. Dex. Uh, Brian Kingsley says, will Starstock keep track or attempt to track all of the Starstock A's that get graded at PSA and the grades they then receive? Have you sampled them? Inquiring minds would love to know the gem rate. Yeah, we will. Yep. Um, we've sampled. I've sampled personally. I've done well. Um, I've spoken to others. I've seen some YouTube videos as well from people that have that have sampled and done well too. Um, and yeah, what we should be getting our first PSA submission back at the end of January, and um, we'll definitely share the results. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Next next PSA submission goes out. I think the second week of January. If anyone was interested. All right. Very cool. And so for more information on that, go to Starstock's website and, uh, and, and read the RFAQ. Um, and then if you have, like, if you have any, any questions, um, if you're submitting cards to us and you have a question, we have a phone number on our site as well that you can call. If you call between like nine and 6 PM on the East coast time, we'll pick up, um, or you can email our support team and they're super responsive. And I've heard that your customer support is very strong relative to some other, uh, Things I've heard about other other uh, industry entities. Brian he Brian goes on to say that he he recognizes that's a tough task. Very nice, Brian. Luke says I got back into the hobby through fantasy football. I wanted to get a few cards of my early MVPs who helped me win a title. Right, that I love that because that's you know you you get these players, you feel like you own them all year. If you win the pool, it's like how do I thank these guys? You're not going to get get on the phone and thank them. Buy send their cards. Send them one of the cards. Yeah, that's how you thank them. There you go. Uh, Dex has a question. He wants to know if you can give him a job at Starstock. He says he'll be sending you his resume. Legion, welcome to the show. Legion, great to have you as always. Aaron says, such a great model, Scott, the business model. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I think, you know, there's room for lots of business models in the hobby and it's just a matter of time. And uh, this is one of them. And I think it's going to, you know, there, there's definitely a market for it. No doubt about it. Eric Perry says, do you think being so narrowly focused will restrict future growth potential? I don't think so. Um, I think, you know, being super focused has allowed us to grow really fast. Um, it's, it's allow us to really provide a great experience for our users. Um, I think people have been pretty happy with, um, our submission times, our, uh, customer service, um, the product. And a lot of those are a result of us being super, super focused. Um, right now, if you submit cards with us, they, if it's a raw card, it gets uploaded between one and three weeks. If it's graded card, it gets uploaded in, within 48 hours, usually 24 though. And, and uh, wax gets uploaded within 48 hours as well. Um, that wouldn't be possible if we accepted every single card in the horizon. Um, and so I think being focused has really allowed us to grow um, and to learn. And it doesn't mean that we won't, uh, you know, broaden you know, our, our focus in the future. But for right now, I think, um, you know, we're, we're, we're happy with, uh, you know, being super focused on, on our card sets, which I think that's what Eric is talking about. Okay. A couple of questions here um, from Vegas fine Scott. So he, he says, any plan to increase the quality of the card pictures in most, in most, you can't really see the edges borders as much as it helps to have star stock A, B and C. He goes on to say, Sorry, it goes on to say high quality scans of front and back would be super helpful. Can you help? Can you help let, let him sort of know any uh, plans for anything to improve that way? 
Absolutely. Well, first, I just wanted to respond to Dex, who I didn't get to respond to earlier. Dex, you can send an email to careers at starstock.com. I really appreciate you for, for the interest. Um, would love to chat sometime. Vegas Finds. Uh, yeah, I go through the site every day and I see photos that I don't like. And so we have we have a channel um, where we post photos that we don't think look good and we fix them up. And so hopefully over time, you'll see that most of our photos are improving. All the new ones that go in um, are much higher quality. Um, unfortunately, we got so many cards so fast and that we have a hero image for almost like every every card you can imagine now, like at least all the bases and the parallels. We only really need to take new photos for these cards um, when we get like an RPA or, a, or you know, a one-off card. Um, and so we have started a process where we're going back through, we're reshooting photos, um, and we're trying to get higher quality images up on the site. Um, if you see any images that aren't good quality, feel free to, to send them over to us, send the links, um, and we'll just post that straight into our channel that, that we have for our team that's going through and fixing them. All right. Thank you. And thank you for applying to Dex as well for his uh, his job application. Uh, Ziggy says, have you noticed increased traffic recently? Seems like it's increasing. And Ziggy is a part of this Starstock challenge. I know he he won one of the uh, wildcard spots for that competition yeah. you guys have on right now. Traffic. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go, Ziggy. Um, I, basketball season's ramping up like like crazy, which is our biggest sport on the site right now. Um, just and just more users, more traffic in general. We're getting tons of users that are coming to the site and signing up, and so really exciting. And um, hopefully, you've noticed that too, Ziggy. Uh, that there's more eyes on your cards right now. All right. Brian Kingsley says customer service at Starstock is killer. Scott Fiscus says I like shares in your company. Uh, hockey hockey wants you to alleviate his concern. He says, I'm scared to send in good cards to Starstock and only a penny sleeve inside a box. I don't want to be sending Starstock damaged cards. Please alleviate my concern. Totally. First, the number one focus with sending in cards is you should feel comfortable that they're going to get to us safe. Nothing is worse than when we open up a box of cards and the person didn't uh, package them correctly and they got damaged on the way to us. It doesn't happen often, but it, it happens. And so, Typically what we say is if you're sending less than 25, 30 cards, go ahead and throw them in top loaders. It's going to be a little bit more work for us to take them out, but for 25, 30 cards, no big deal. Like we want them to come in safe. Uh, if you're sending in like a hundred cards, the best way to do it is in penny sleeves and in one of those cardboard card boxes. And so they come in uh, 600s, 500s, 400s, 300s, all the way down to a 100 box. A 100 box is pretty small. Any extra space, go grab packing peanuts, even newspaper or anything to just pack it in super tight into that box. And then take that cardboard box and put it into another box. Um, that's going to be your, you know, your, your USPS box. Make sure it's packed up really well in there as well. Um, and then ship it out to us and it will be perfectly fine. All right. Thanks for that. Vegas Fine says, I like the focus on key cards rather than every single card. It's a great model. We'll be excited for vintage cards. So that's some good feedback right there. Ricardo says, was wondering if Starstock will keep the percentage of Starstock A's that come back as 10 or 9 to see how well your grading fares against PSA. And this question already came up a, a few minutes ago, Ricardo. So uh, we're not going to visit it again, but definitely rewind and check that out uh, later on or after the show. Uh, Vegas has got it. Thank you. Will do. I'll be spending quite a bit of time on Starstock. That that's really Thank cool. You. 
Ziggy has a question. Can you add a donate to charity option for cards? Yeah, you know, we've thought about this. Um, definitely something that we're going to want to do in the future. Uh, just we got a, a lot of stuff on our roadmap right now. Um, but we're, we'll, you know, a lot of the things that we can't necessarily build into the app right now, we can do manually. And so send us an email. Um, we'll work with you. Send us an email. Tell us where to ship your cards. We will help you donate them uh, 100%. All right. Uh, Luke says, sorry if I missed this. Is there a processing fee per card? You mentioned the 5% seller's fee. Is there a processing fee as well, Scott? No, Luke. We want your cards really bad. Please send them to us. No processing fees. Awesome. And Joe says, as someone who never quite bought into the modern rookie card discussion, I do greatly appreciate the stabilizing force that the rookie card market creates. Smart business model for sure. Right on. Brian Kingsley, I cannot believe that a Jordan Noise Boys, unless that was not a PSA 10, sold for 3210. That sounds way too cheap to me, about 10,000 too cheap, if not more. Uh, Brian Kingsley says, be honest, Scott, send in cheap rookies, less than 10 cents who go bust quick or do not. I am not going to send in the low end rookies anymore because I will end up donating them. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make sense to send any card to any, cons uh, I don't want to call you consignment service, but a third party seller that's not worth a few bucks. It just, I don't know if that makes any sense to me anyway. So yeah, I think that's a good decision, Brian, not Unless to it's Talon Horton Tucker, Brian, you never know. People do all of a sudden uh, they pop off. Yeah, they do. Is yeah. that, so let, let's, let me ask you, Scott, cause I kind of made an assumption there. Do you want people to send in the, you know, cards that aren't really worth anything right now? Like rookies that aren't really worth anything right now. Um, we feel like we've done a good job of constructing our checklist of cards we accept that we want all the cards that we accept, if that makes sense. And so uh, there are some, you know, cards for some of the lower end guys that are probably selling, you know, for 10, 20, 30 cents. And maybe we, um, if those cards stay at that price point forever, maybe it's tough for us to make a lot of money on them. But those are also some of the players that have the biggest opportunity to really just like completely boom and go crazy. Um, and we saw that last week with Talon Horton Tucker. And so those are often some of the most fun uh, kind of plays that we see on the site. And so Talon Horton Tucker was selling for 50 cents last week and the market's been hot. So that means in July, he was probably going for 10 cents. Um, I'm not, I would have to check the chart, but that would be my guess. Um, around there. And so he went from 50 cents to 17 bucks. And now I think he's around like 12 or 13. Um, he had two, a really great preseason, scored 30 plus points. LeBron tweeted about it and saying he's great. And so, yeah, I mean, if it's not worth your time to send him in to us, then totally understand that. But if we accept them on our site, then, then we'd love to get them. Okay. Awesome. This next question, we're going to look at the second half of it, Scott. He, he wants to know, do you anticipate users being able to pay to promote rarer or less current cards in the near future? That's a really, really good question. And if you, if you have any good ideas on that, I'd love to chat sometime. We, I do, we have been thinking of a few kind of ideas on things we can do to promote some of the more one-off cards um, the autos, the numbered cards, things like that. Typically the cards we, we're the most liquid in our base, um, for basketball and football, it's like prism optics, select Don Ross and for baseball, it's, you know, top series one, two update Bowman. Um, and so we have been thinking about a few, uh, a few things we can add to the product that will, uh, shine some more light on some of those more one-off cards. Uh, so I can't give you any 
information on what we're really thinking there, but I'd love to chat with you sometime. Um, if you have any ideas on ways that we can promote some of the more rare stuff. Okay. There you go. RSTU0718. Okay. Alex Bailey, we are not going to get into OPG versus tops tonight. That's just off topic, but feel free to watch the episode from last Friday with, uh, with Bobby Burrell and Karn Rye. We talked about it there. Thank you for, for watching this evening though. And uh, Eric Perry said, now this, we're going to, we're going to talk about your, your security a little bit later, actually, Eric. So we're going to come back to that. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop the comments right there for a few minutes, guys. I want to, I want to get. In, I want to learn a little bit about the guys behind Starstock. So we've learned a bit about you, Scott. But tell us a little bit about your your partners, uh, Nigel Eccles, or your chairman, Nigel Eccles, and uh, one of your partners in the company, uh, Mike Kuchera, and yourself. How did you? How do you guys know each other? And what was it like? You know, what was it like, kind of going from you know a brainstorm over over however long it was to actually like saying we're going to launch this thing. Let's do it. Uh, tell us a little about about the team and um, and how it came about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my two other founders, Nigel Eccles, Mike Chera, Nigel and I have been pretty good friends for uh, three or four years now, um, live in a, a similar area. So we we often get lunch and, and you know, we talk about business and sports and, and all sorts of different stuff. Um, you know, in the spring of 2019, I was I was getting it back into cards and uh, Mike was as well. Uh, Mike was getting, you know, really heavily back into cards. Um, and he has a similar story to myself. He's a little bit older than me. So he was probably, um, he was collecting in the, in the prime of the junk wax era. Um, and I was a little bit afterwards, but we both got back in at a similar time. And so, you know, I started talking to Nigel about it when we, when we'd meet up, Mike was working with Nigel, um, at, at their company flick. Um, and he was telling Nigel about it as well. And so Nigel's background is, is in fantasy sports and sports betting. Um, he was the founder of FanDuel, and pre, uh, you know, prior to that, worked worked in this the sports betting field for for a while um, at a few different places. And so, he grew up in in Northern Ireland and just didn't even know what sports cards really were, and was just fascinated that people were trading them, um, you know, almost like athlete stocks, and that people were trading um, these players and their prices were correlated to their performance. Uh, and so the three of us uh, just basically started diving in together and started, you know, texting about which cards we were buying and started meeting up for lunch. The, the lunch meetings with Nigel turned into meetings with Nigel and Mike. Um, and we'd talk about the cards we bought or we'd talk about the process. And we, we saw an opportunity for, um, you know, a site that, as I said earlier, takes out some of the friction, just makes it easier. And me personally, um, you know, coming from a person who was a big consumer in the fantasy football and, and sports betting space, I just thought that there was, um, you know, a gap in the market for a product that gamified sports cards that made it fun to trade cards while you're watching um, the game on Sunday, or if you're watching basketball or hockey game or whatever it is. And so it was only about two weeks and then we, we launched the company and we were, we were off in the races. All right. Well, that's, that's a story, man. I, I love it. I, I, I love execution, you know, planning is one thing, but executing makes all the difference in the world. And you guys, you guys have done that and you're out there. So really, really cool. And kudos to you guys on that. And uh, it's nice to know who some of the people are. It's what I love about, about, you know, hobby content right now and doing, doing this show is 
I have the I have the privilege, the honor, if you will, of, of you know, reaching out to guys like you and, and introducing them to my audience, which represents a segment of the hobby for sure. So it's nice to uh, nice to get to know the people behind the brands. That's for sure. Um, we're going to we're going to jump into Eric Perry's question uh, right now. So he says you, you guys take physical possession of other people's property being the cards. Uh, what steps do you take one to ensure proper storage and two, the security of these items? Yeah. Um, it's really the most important thing that we do. Uh, and we have, you know, a set of rules that are hidden up that are, uh, hung up in, in every single room in our office where we process cards and in our vault as well. Um, and so we have a very detailed process, um, in which we, uh, you know, take these cards in and, and process them and store them. Um, we have a checklist and really the most important thing is limiting the amount of people that touch the cards. Um, you have to, you know, obviously open up the box that, that you grab from the mail. Um, we have uh, a data entry stop point where we input the cards into the system, but then they get stored away and they never get touched into the, until they're shipped out. Um, and that's really the key is we want to limit the amount of times that a card is touched. Um, you know, we have a very secure vault um, that's under 24 seven security as well. Um, and we also ensure every card just in case. Um, and so they're really, really secure. And from a financial perspective, they're secure through our insurance as well. Awesome. Great answer. I hope that satisfies you, Eric. Uh, Aaron says, really good feedback, Scott, uh, for the audience on how to package the bulk submission of cards. It's important to understand the right way to package and ship it. It certainly is, Aaron. So great, great That's explanation great. from Scott on that. Uh, Scott Fiscus says, not sure if my earlier wax question was answered. I can confirm, Scott, it was not. Uh, will the sealed wax option expand? Reason being most brands are valuable as opposed to lower brands drawing less interest for Superstar Single. So very, to, to make this succinct, will the sealed wax option expand on Starstock? Probably keep it within the checklist that we already allow. Um, we, we chose those brands because we thought they were the most premier brands for their sport. And we thought that, 20 years from now, when we're talking about Zion and we're talking about his card, like we're talking about Gretzky's card in, in, in the comments here, it's one card that's being named for Gretzky. Um, there is the card. And if there's not the card, there's two or three. Um, and so when we think about Zion, we're going to talk about his prism, his prism card. Um, or if we're talking high end, maybe it's immaculate or national treasures. Um, and so we really want to stay focused with what we, uh, think are the best brands in the hobby. Um, and, you know, some people have their opinions on if the other brands are valuable or not. I think that the, you know, a good amount of the brands that are produced, um, their wax and their singles, I, I don't think they're going to have legs. And so I, we want to have the cards that, that we think are the most standardized and, and have the best reputation and the best brand. And, you know, if you're nimble and, and you guys can always add more as time goes by. Add more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Scott, like send us an email and suggest us to add the brand that you want us to add. You know, we were talking about this the other day, Jeremy, but we make decisions by seeing what people are asking for. Our product decisions, um, our decisions to add new sports or add new brands to the site. Um, those decisions are made based on our feedback almost always. So for everyone out there from the hockey uh, collecting community, let's send that. Let's let's hit these guys up on social media and emails and let them know to bring in some hockey. I think there's definitely the opportunity to do that. They brought on soccer after hearing from enough people, so why not? Why not let them uh, encourage them to bring on hockey if, if anybody out there does want that? I think it makes sense. 
Anything to add to that, Scott? That's exactly yeah. yeah that's right. But soccer, we were getting two, three emails a day. We were getting DMs on Instagram and Twitter, and we were just like, all right, we got to do this. All right. So there you go, hockey guys. Let them know. JPO Art would like to know. Basically, he's asking, are you guys going to do any sort of index funds? Uh, you know on the site where you can just buy into a, an index of players. That's interesting, JPO. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, what, what's cool about the wax is that in my eyes, I, I think of buying into wax as buying an index of a draft class. Um, and so I think that's a really cool kind of way to look at it. Um, and so if you're buying into a 2019 prison box, you're splitting up your investment in the box between RJ Barrett, Zion, John Morant, Tyler Hero, Kobe White, et cetera. Um, and so we added wax as, as kind of an element to buy into a draft class. Um, but there, we're going to do a lot more with our emerging 30, and we're going to create new indi- uh, indexes um, in the future as well. So uh, stay tuned with that. Okay, there's a question here. Wants to know, when does vintage start on Starstock? You, there's no vintage on Starstock, is there? No, nope. no. Okay, so Aaron, we're just we're gonna cruise by that one. Uh, Carvin Chung in the house says, "Howdy, Scott and Jerry." Carvin is the inventor of Exquisite and the Cup, current, formerly of Upper Deck and Panini, and currently of GTS. Carvin, welcome to the show as always. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, always cool. Always, cool. we got some good viewers on this channel for sure. Jason says, uh, "Where are you guys planning to upgrade? When are you planning to upgrade the servers? The site has been slow or uh, crashing frequently of late." Thanks. What can you tell? What can you tell Jason about that? Jason, we upgraded our servers, and then we got more traffic uh, this week, and then we upgraded our servers again, and we got even more traffic. And so we're working on it. Um, we're going to stabilize them out. I, I appreciate you staying patient. Yeah, patience is super important right now in the hobby, not just with Starstock, but with everybody. I, I encourage everybody to try and exercise patience right now. I know it's not easy. Drake says, "Do you guys take RPAs?" Yes, we do. I bought one a couple days ago. I bought a, I, I was showing you, I bought a Bam out of Bio Immaculate RPA. Um, and so you can even filter, you can't filter by RPA yet, but you can filter by numbered cards. And so a lot of the higher end RPAs are numbered. And so you can filter to show all numbered cards. You can show all cards that are numbered 100 or less, or 50 or less, or 20 or less, 10 less. Um, and so if you want to search from our, for some RPAs, that might be one of the best ways. All right, this uh, this next question, a little bit of a different angle. Ziggy wants to know, what has been the biggest help to grow Starstock? Social media, word of mouth. How have you guys been uh, been doing no, that? No question. Word of mouth, all you guys. Like, we we would not be here if it weren't for people like Ziggy No that are spreading the word, telling friends. Um, that's been super effective, and it's been really cool to see um, or, you know, to speak to customers and, and hear that they heard from a friend or um, – you know, that they heard from someone that they made a trade with. And so I'd say word of mouth. And then people like you, Jeremy, like, uh, you know, we're, I'm, we're super appreciative to get the opportunity to come on to, to your show and, um, you know, all the other shows that I've been on or um, the, the YouTubers or Instagrammers that have uh, tried out our site and created a video on it to show other people how to use it. Um, that stuff has really been what's allowed us to grow this quickly. Yeah, it's a it's a nice time to start a new business in the hobby. There's a lot lots of uh, uh, free free attention right now going on. So 
but it's a two-way street, right? It's nice to be able to to bring great guests to, to the show. So I appreciate you making time for, for us, for myself and the audience tonight, for sure. Uh, Vegas Fine says, as a, as a professional poker player, that's one of my favorite parts about Starstock. It feels like an old school old school poker site mechanically speaking to your gamify strategy i started dfs with draft day there you go very nice uh joe says i think he means scott embodies a responsiveness that bodes well for star stock which is a nice compliment for sure um let's okay we have another comment from carbon he says i agree with your assessment with wax i mainly invest in wax Carvin works in wax, so that would make sense that he would invest in it too. You invest in what you know about. I, I believe it's good to invest I mean, in what you look know. at these. But like, if you really think about it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, you look at the prices of some of the some of these uh, boxes, vintage ones, obviously with '86 Fleer or the '03 tops. But but you look at 2018 Prism with Luka Doncic thousands of dollars it's it's crazy but it makes sense um as more boxes are opened more singles come to the market and less sealed wax uh exists in the market and so as time goes on uh the supply diminishes for sure for sure uh, and joe did correct himself thank you joe sorry i didn't see that one first i would have ignored the second one Vegas Finds goes on to say, so since Starstock is focusing on a linear simplistic strategy, it would be easy to add key graded comic books, Pokemon, magic, video games, action figures. Can you see Starstock branching out selectively? Not anytime soon, Vegas. We're, we love sports cards. I, I'm obsessed with sports cards. That's my passion. That's you know our passion as a team. Um, and we think the sports card market's huge and um, and in, in a really exciting place right now. And so that's really all we're thinking about right now. Um, and a lot that you're going to see that we do with the product moving forward um, is very sports focused. Uh, we just integrated uh, game schedules pretty soon. We're going to uh, put game stats in there as well so you can research players. Um, and so we want to really focus on sports. All right. Hey, that, nothing wrong with that. Again, niche is good, right? Focus is good. Excel at what you're doing. Make sure you ha- you got you got the system down, and then take it from there. But uh, don't don't rush, right? Don't don't rush into uncomfortable zones. That's that would be my advice, just from a general business general business advice. Aaron says, uh, "Thank you're welcome, Aaron, for reading them." What year do you go back? This year, here's the, here's what he was meaning to ask. How what's the earliest cards that you guys do accept? So we accept all current athletes. Um, and so that's, that's the main rule. So if you have, a an O three LeBron, he's still in the league. We take him. If you have, uh, Brady, who I believe was 2000, right. Or was it 2001? We'll take it. Uh, so that's really the, the main thing there. There you go. Aaron says, everybody hit the like button on this video. Thank you. If you guys are new to this channel, new to sports cards live, Feel free to subscribe to the channel. I greatly appreciate it. Hit the notification so you know when we go live. Like the video. I appreciate that. Thanks, Aaron, for the reminder. Hockey Cards Official, good to see you. Welcome to you. Here's a question. I don't I don't really understand. Uh, I think I know I do. Is I do understand it. Sorry. Is monthly cloud storage a big cost item for Starstock? No, that's not not the not the issues. That, that we're having. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it isn't, Sean. It isn't, Sean, but th- thanks for your curiosity on that one. Uh, Sean's a great guy. I've had him on the show before, actually. And uh, 
he, he his questions are often the ones that I'm like, oh, that's an angle I never would have thought to no, ask. It's super interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, no. The the cloud storage is is definitely an expense. Um, it, it's not a big cost item, uh, but uh, we're we're certainly upgrading it for sure. Okay. Um, JPO asked a question comparing prices on Starstock to eBay. He says they seem a bit higher than eBay comps. Well, in eBay comps don't take into account shipping. That that's for one. I, we got to mention that. But is there a reason why somebody would spend more for a card just to use your platform? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we give our our raw cards light grades, um, A, B, and C. And so if Starstock A sells at a major premium to eBay, and it really should, um, most raw cards that you get on eBay are are in poor condition. Um, one of the things that bothered me the most, uh, just buying cards in general on on a lot of different sites, you'll look at the pictures, you'll zoom in on the corners, you'll you'll look at the surface area, and then the card shows up in the mail and it looks completely different. And so we process these cards anyway, and so we figured we might as well take a look at them. And uh, we take a look for a few seconds with a naked eye. If the card, if we don't see any damages or any issues with the card, it gets an A. Um, one or two minor issues, it's a B. And um, a bigger issue, like a, you know, big print line down the middle or, um, you know, terribly, terribly off-centered card or four dinged corners, three dinged corners, um, and it will get a C. And so by doing that, when you buy a Starstock A, you know that there's a good chance that it could grade a nine or 10. We don't think, or I'll guarantee you that everyone won't grade a nine or 10, but we think that a very high percentage will. Um, and that's really the goal with our light grading system. And so that's why those cards sell um, at a premium to eBay. Here's the other thing. You don't need to pay for shipping when you're when you're buying on Starstock, um, unless you want to get the card shipped out afterwards, but you don't need to. Um, you don't pay for sales tax when you make a purchase on Starstock because our vault's in New Hampshire and that's a sales tax free state. Um, and so those those add up as well. And then um, there's a little premium on just knowing that you can relist re that card at any time. And so if you're a trader or a flipper like me, um, you might only get an hour or two to get rid of a player. Um, and to know that if you're at the bar or in the airport or wherever you are, you can go on your phone and you can list that card. Um, people like to pay a premium for that as well. All right. Great answer to that. Uh, the next question has to do with returns. Another question from Scott. How do you guys deal with returns? Uh, I, I think a way to separate from eBay will be buttoning up a reasonable return policy. Why don't you just let us, and I'm sure this is on your FAQ on the website, but is there anything yeah. you want to add uh, for Scott and everybody else right now? Yeah, super simple. No refunds, no returns. Um, if you buy a player and he gets injured two months later, you can't just decide to return the card. <laughs> um, having said that, if you bought the card and you made a mistake, you bought it by accident, you bought it for a price that's just ridiculous and, and it was a, a clear mistake or you were hoping to buy a different player and you bought the other player or whatever it is, um, send an email to support at Starstock. Um, as long as you're not like returning, a, you know, asking us to return a card because the player is injured or is doing poorly, um, we tend to try to take care of you. Like we appreciate your business. And so if you made a mistake and the card usually goes for $5, but you bought it for $25 by accident and you are like, shit, I paid 20 extra dollars. Send us an email. We'll take care of you. Um, we, you know, we, we really appreciate you guys um, for using our site and we're not trying to screw anyone over, but we just think that refunds and returns are ridiculous in the way that a lot of people use them on, on some of these other sites. 
All right. Thank you for that, Scott. Uh, Carvin, I think he's talking about here, you know, if you're going to, if you want to invest in an index fund versus, you know, wax, unopened sealed wax is a great way to actually buy the fund or the index for that one season. You know, say if I want to invest in Zion, I invest in Kobe White, Job, ja, Bobo. Yeah, you're getting some other players in there with it. But uh, but that's a way to, to invest in an index fund within within our hobby for sure. Exactly. Jason Jones, welcome to the show, says, love the site. I've submitted thousands of cards now. Any chance of adding a sell all cards option or sell all cards with offers higher than 50%, 60%, et cetera? Thanks, Scott, and keep up the great work. Yeah, it's a great uh, question, Jason. Um, yeah, so like one of the, I, I think one of the areas on the site that we need the most work right now is within the collection, um, allowing you, like viewing the collection, but also helping you sell cards easier. Um, and so right now there are a few pain points when listing a card. Personally, my the biggest pain point for me is having to, if I want to change a card's price when it's listed, you have to cancel and then you have to relist. There's like some little things like that that we haven't been able to just tighten up yet. Um, and so that's on the roadmap, um, just making it easier. And yeah, some sort of like sell all or list all cards option would be really cool. Um, we've you know discussed different ways of, you know, maybe if you can select cards and then list them all at the current lowest price or list them all at the last sold price or something. And so if you have a group of cards that, you know, maybe they're only worth a few dollars each, you want to get rid of them, you can just kind of click a button and it'll list them all at the lowest price. But any ideas that you have, Jason, on how we can do this better, you should uh, please email, uh, email it over. All right. I'm actually, Jason asks a question. I, I can't see it right now. So we'll get there in a minute, actually. But for First, uh, Jason Jones also says, by the way, your responsiveness, customer service is awesome. Keep it up. That's really nice, Jason. Thanks for sharing that tonight. Uh, Daniel, welcome to the show. This is what I was smirking at about half a minute earlier. He says, hi, everyone. My first reaction was that Johnny Hockey was your guest. Interesting topic. That's Johnny Goudreau, who's from the New Jersey area, but plays here in Calgary. And you do have a, a small resemblance to him. So I was I smirked when I first the read player? that comment. Thinks I'm a hockey player? He thinks you're a hockey player, Johnny Goudreau. I'll take it. Yeah, American born and a great player, actually. Uh, hockey, hockey, neat question. Do you see Starstock buying commercial time during a game in the future? I hope maybe, you know, that would be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Not yet. <laughs> unless, if unless if you got a free, you know, a, a free spot that we can fill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got. I mean, even little little banner ads on DraftKings and stuff like that would be uh, would would be. I think get you some penetration into that market because I got to think the, the the sports card market, the hobbyists that exist, they're definitely one of your target groups. But I have to think that fantasy players that haven't realized they could also love buying and selling sports cards are also your target. So that'd be a nice way to to get the message out too. I would have to think. Cool. Uh, uh, the other Jason says, uh, Jeremy, Scott and Jeremy, appreciate you guys doing the show. Question for Scott, where can I reach out for to suggest improvements uh, for Starstock? So um, you just mentioned a few minutes, a few seconds ago, but why don't you maybe just tell us your the email address where they can send their uh, their comments to. Yeah, best is uh, contact at starstock.com or, you know, if you if you don't know which, you know, at to, to hit us to hit us with, you can always just email support at starstock.com. Uh, and they'll forward it over to whoever needs to see it. Um, and so typically what we do is we gather these all up and um, on a weekly basis, the product team kind of goes through all the feedback um, and talks through it. And so, yeah, would love that, Jason, please. 
send him your suggestions. These guys are open to it. That's been apparent throughout the night. And I, and I think uh, from what I've heard from others leading up to today as well. So that's great. JPO, yeah, you are welcome for doing the show. Glad you found uh, value from the information here tonight. Michael L says, probably the biggest service differentiator is the grading aspect. Scott, would you agree with that? I think it's a big differentiator. Um, we're really trying to provide some trust. Uh, you know, the, the three of us are all in the hobby. We all actively collect, we all actively trade cards. And so we kind of just walked through each step in the process and tried to figure out ways in which we can provide more value and, and make it a little bit easier. I definitely think that's one of them. Um, and I think now that we're, uh, offering PSA submissions, um, I think that, you know, makes it an even bigger differentiator as well. Um, because you can buy a star stock a, you can feel confident about it and you can ship it out to PSA and know that there's a good chance that, that you'll get a good grade on it. All right. Eric Perry says here when screening for a, B and C grades, are you guys also looking for counterfeits and alterations? Great question. Yes, we are. Um, yeah. And so luckily in the, in the modern market, there's a little bit less of that. Um, as, as much, you know, there, uh, especially with card cutting, uh, that that's more so in vintage, um, and, and also for counterfeits as well. But yeah, we, we are looking at that. Um, and you know, the good thing about the, uh, like commoditized cards that we take is we see a lot of them. Um, and so we, we have a pretty good understanding what to look for. Right on. Yeah. Makes good sense to me. Uh, Scott says he totally agrees from a seller standpoint. This is music to my ears regarding returns. Yeah. As it would be been a lot of complaints from uh, eBay sellers in, over, in, during this, during 2020 here for sure. Dex oh, goes on to say as someone who's nervous about buying raw, I'm willing to pay a premium if your A can get a PSA nine minimum, but now you guys don't guarantee it, but that's your assessment. You guys are just, it's an opinion and it's not going to be a correct hundred percent of the time. Is that your position? Yeah. And, and it's a goal of ours. You know, we sat down um, with the operations team and, we're, and we said, like, this is what we want to offer. This is this would be how cool would it be if, you know, if we can um, like grade cards and try our best to pick out the ones that are going to get nines and tens. And if we have a great gem rate, then people are going to love buying raw cards on our site um, because they know they're getting something good. And so that's really our goal, Dex. Um and, uh, you know, first submission comes back late January. We're really confident about it. Um, we brought on a, a very experienced submitter that's been uh, a dealer with PSA long before Starstock even launched, actually. And, you know, he's very confident with the submission as well. Um, and then we've also heard back from a number of people that have gotten their cards graded and have been pretty happy with it. And so not all A's will grade a 9 or a 10, but we think a, a really good portion will. All right. This next question... Uh do this one quickly because we did touch on it before, but Michael must not have been here. Is Starstock accepting wax submissions? He didn't see it on the send-in form. Yes. Um, so we uh, we launched this uh, maybe a week and a half ago, like on Thursday. And then we started getting wax on Monday. And we've gotten, um, I'd say, two to three dozen boxes every single day since. And, and some of the days we've gotten way more than that. And so people are sending them in, uh, which is really exciting. And they're selling. Right on. Scott Fiscus, another great question, wants to know, do your PSA submissions get a quicker turnaround time than just one of us sending them in ourselves? Would it be worth the extra money to get it back? It would be worth the extra money to get it back faster. What can you tell us about that? I don't know. I don't know how how they do things over there. I, I you know, so couldn't couldn't give you a good answer on that, Scott. 
Um, we got an estimate from them on, on when we can expect it back. Um, we're hoping that we get it back around then. And that's really all I know. Um, and so, yeah, can't really answer that question. But after this first submission, I guess we'll have an understanding of how long it takes for us. And the fact that you didn't just say, yes, we're going to have faster turnaround times is, is really good news. No one wants one. No, no, you know, I'd be that's, lying. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's good that you don't have special treatment from PSA. I think that would put you, that wouldn't, wouldn't be a popular position to, to be in if it was public, that is. Um, okay. Uh, Aaron says, you know, great features suggested for improvement. Those will get me in there heavy. That's good to know. David Supple says, young guns, come on, star stock. So he's talking hockey. There's count that. Put put that oh, notch right, on the yeah. back. For, uh, <laughs> Here, <laughs> there's one. There's one request among uh, many from earlier on. Uh, Joe Karubi says, as a collector who uses your competitor Com C, I know their grading service costs extra, but adds little value to actual cards. Wise, do you see A's going for more? <laughs> I, I just don't know why we had to bring Com C into this question, but and I, yeah. I just want to make a point here, Scott. While well, you read the question, that and I mentioned this to Scott the other night. I don't see Com I don't see Com C and Starstock as direct competitors. Starstock is much more focused in what they're doing. Com C accepts every card on earth. Basically, they'll accept anything. Starstock is, you know, is more for the commodity, the high volume trades, the high volume cards um, out there. And we're gonna, I want to really get into the topic of um, live pricing, Scott, because I think that's what sets Starstock apart from pretty much everything else out there. And um, and the, the the need for for your users to be aware of that and to react quickly. So um, you know may, maybe quickly address uh, John's question here, uh, but then let's let's move on. I can't speak about ComC. I didn't even I don't know if they have a grading service or uh, if you're talking about them submitting out to uh, third party graders. Um, they might uh, put like a mint or near mint on their raw cards. Not really sure. For us. Uh, we do a light grade on our raw cards. And so we see that the A's typically sell for a little bit more um, than a, a raw, just a regular raw card that you'll find on, uh, you know, a, a marketplace or social media or something. All right. Let's keep, let's keep going. Uh, Tiger Jordan says, I'm in New Hampshire. Can I drop off cards on site? No, <laughs> you can come to our New York office and drop off cards. Um but the the New Hampshire vault is is not open for visitors. All right, all I right. Like that name though. So all the other questions that I'm seeing, I mean, I'm going to scan through them right here. Everybody out there watching, we're going to move on to something else um, and uh, put the comments on hold for now. But thanks everybody for your engagement, your comments and questions so far. They've been they've been excellent. Scott, let's talk about this live pricing feature that you guys have. Um, can you explain what you mean by live pri live pricing and how it actually plays out in real time? Yeah, so we process these cards and we and we put them in your account, and so you have basically a digital version of that card in your account for the physical card that's in the vault. And so it's on your computer, it's on your phone too, and so we enabled you to list a card from wherever you are. And so one thing that always frustrated me was um, for some of my shorter term plays, you know, what happens if you're out at a restaurant um, or at a bar watching a game and a player that you have 10 cards for all of a sudden pops off. And you know that these next, not even tw 24 hours, these next like six hours are your best opportunity to get your best price for that player. 
it's really frustrating. Like, do you leave the bar and go home and take the photos and try to get it up on the site? Um, you know, what do you do if you're in a place, like I said, like an airport or, you know, at a wedding, I don't know where you could possibly be, but what we enable you to do is no matter where you are, you can list that card. And so it exists on your phone in your account. Um, and so all you need to do is go to your collection, choose the quantity, choose the price and it's live. Um, on the flip side, we also enable you to do that with buying cards as well. And so good example of this was, um, you know, Joe Burrow's injury was actually a pretty good one for this. Uh, if you didn't get to Ryan Finley's cards within 30 seconds, they were pretty much scooped up and, and relisted. Um, and on the flip side, if you had Joe Burrow, um, you had you only had a little bit of time to sell him off before that card really, really fell and, and started to tank. And so obviously um, it wasn't a career ending injury. He, he's probably going to come back. The, the cards recovered a little bit. Um, but if you're sitting on a Joe Burrow card or if you wanted the opportunity to get a Ryan Finley, you only had a, a few seconds to do so. Um, and so we feel like we're one of the only marketplaces that can really capture that that kind of real time feeling. So when, when, when you explained this to me, I started thinking to myself, if I'm a seller, I need to be on my game because if something happens, I'm going to want to increase my prices before someone comes in, buys them for five bucks to flip them for 15 a few minutes later. Do you have do you have sellers that are like kind of ready, ready to, to pull the trigger on raising prices? If, if there's a, an injury and the guy on the bench is now going to start. And they have cards of this this uh, guy who's coming off the bench. Is that the like? Do you have sellers that are constantly monitoring the site during the games? Oh yeah, we have sellers that are constantly monitoring, but we also have a good portion of people that just enjoy every night turning on the game at seven p.m. and sitting on their couch and pulling up the site. Um, and this was kind of one of the gaps that we saw with fantasy football. And so uh, with fantasy football you set your lineup and then, you know, as soon as the game kicks off your lineup locks and it's a lot of fun to watch, you know, how you're performing and to watch your players, but there's no interacting that you can do. You can't bench a player once he started his game. Um, you can't trade a player, or pick anyone up. And so that's kind of one of the cool things that sports cards in, in star stock allows is that you can interact while you're watching the game. And we really wanted to build a product where people can buy a player before the game. And if he, throws three touchdowns in the first half, they can get rid of him right away. Or if, you know, he uh, hits four threes in the first quarter, like you can sell him off. Um, and so that's really what we wanted to build. And uh, I think it's kind of uh, one of the unique, cool features that we have with our site. All right. I, I think I think it's a cool feature too. You know, it, it's different than you know, eBay being a very common uh, marketplace that most people in the hobby use, I would think. Um, you have you have a few more hurdles to to jump over, I think, to be able to react to the marketplace very quickly. Although, if something happens, you do find people running over there to buy up cards for great deals, but they then have to receive them, and then they have to they have to scan them, they have to load them up, relist them. So you you can't do it in real time, and that's what I that's what kind of intrigues me about the live pricing um, situation that you guys are in. So. Any anything else? Sort of uh, any other advantages to that 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 you can think of? Have, have you, what have you seen? Let me ask you it this way, Scott. Have you seen any users um, applying these strategies to Starstock that maybe you guys didn't anticipate, or is there a strategy that you're like, wow, 
these guys are using it to do this. Let's market it that way now. Anything like that going on for you? I mean, there's so many different strategies out there. It's been pretty interesting um, to see. You know, there, there's some people that, um, you know, well, so we so we have these competitions. Uh, Ziggy knows in, in one of them. Um, and so we do these like SIBBC and SIFC competitions where we find influencers and a few of them in sports cards and a few of them in fantasy sports and other kind of sports experts. And we give them $500 to invest over the course of the season. And that's interesting seeing their different strategies um, where some players will split their 500 up between a hundred cards. Some will buy 10 cards or one, one of them in our first basketball competition just bought one $500 ion, <laughs> which is pretty interesting on the site. We see some users that place tons of bids on 10 cent cards and then sells them off for 20 cents and you know, two X is their profit. Others, uh, you know, kind of interact differently. And so it's, it's fun to see everyone has different strategies and that's what really makes this hobby fun, right? Is that, um, it's, it's, uh, sports, it's investing, it's, uh, you know, it's finance, uh, it's, uh, collecting all in one. And so people kind of have different approaches towards it. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Michael L you are welcome for taking the questions or bonder says, are you guys working on an app or not at this time? We are, um, we're, it's, it's something that we're, that we're actively, uh, you know, hoping to, hoping to get out there for you guys. So hopefully in, in this new year, we can have something, something built for you. All right. Sounds great. We're going to go through a few more questions, guys. We are going to wrap up with Scott at uh, 9.30 my time. I guess that's going to be 11.30 Eastern. So we have about 14, 13, 14 minutes left. Uh, Amara says, have never sent wax. What's the best way to ship wax? Um, similarly to, you know, what I said before, uh, just safely, I know that sounds stupid, but, uh, we see so many people send their stuff in so many different ways, but there's so many ways to do it. Um, just make sure it's padded up. Uh, if the box has damp, like if the box is like dented or has a rip or damage to it, we'll probably reject it and send it back to you. Um, we need to make sure that these are sealed and not damaged or uh, altered in any way. And so um, I would suggest putting it in a bigger box, putting the wax in a bigger box, and then just packing it in there really tightly with something, whether it's newspaper or packing peanuts or any other sort of packing material. All right, there you go. Great, great advice there. Michael Kohler says, we need hockey second, third, and fourth. Right there. More more wants and uh, requests for hockey on the site. I think that's awesome. Uh, Mike from Absolute says, when the data is available, will you publish the metrics of your A grades and how they end up grading with PSA? We're going to do something. And so not really sure what exactly, but we, we're going to do something. And I think for the most part, we've, we've always taken the position of being very upfront with all of our customers and users always. And we love uh, showing the data that that we've accumulated on our site. And so we're, we're definitely going to do something for that. All right. John says, thanks. Sorry to bring up comp C. That, that's okay. <laughs> thanks for that, John. Appreciate you. Uh, okay. Scott says, from a seller standpoint, what would you say is your differentiator slash advantage if I send in graded cards as opposed to uh, a comp C or, a, or, a, or an eBay? I realize the lower fees are a big part of that. So here's a chance, Scott, to just really let, let the audience know what, what is your what is your competitive advantage? Yeah, so graded cards have been a huge focus for us recently. Um, getting more graded cards on the site, becoming more liquid. As we're be as we build liquidity in any area, um, 
whether it's like specific to a player or a grade, prices become more efficient and sales increase. Um, and so we're seeing that with graded cards. We're actually selling 10 times as many graded cards as we were like a month ago. Um, and so I think that's only going to continue as we get more cards uh, back from PSA. Um, I think the biggest thing for selling graded cards is graded cards are usually some of the more expensive cards and you're paying a 5%, you're getting a 5% seller fee instead of 13 or 15 or 12 or 16, whatever it is out there. And that really adds up. Um, the other thing as well is that we've seen, again, even with our graded cards, not as much as raw, but there is a premium on it. Um, and there's people will pay a premium for convenience. And so, uh, you know, I had a friend who came to me the other day. They're like, I want to buy 15 cards of so-and-so player. I'm not going to say who, but, uh, you know, he, he wanted some help. It was a, it was a vintage player. It was someone that we didn't have on our site and I had to help him find 15 listings on eBay to buy them all. People will pay a few extra dollars per the card or a few percent or whatever it is. If they can go onto a website and say, I want 10, I want it at this price, click done. Um, yeah. And it, it's really that simple. Um, and so people pay a premium on that as well. So you might be able to sell your card for a slightly higher price, but you're also going to keep more um, due to our fees too. All right. Great stuff. All right. There's a fifth for hockey and there's a sixth guys. If you're out there, you want hockey on Starstock. You've got about 10 minutes left to put the comment up. We will show Scott. We are here to lobby. One of our jobs tonight is to lobby to get hockey on Starstock. Right now you go to the site, you see basketball, you see football, you see baseball, and then you see soccer. I'm not happy. I'm not comfortable with soccer being ahead of hockey in this hobby. It just doesn't make me happy. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs when hockey can't even claim that fourth spot that it's always held. So let's let it know. Let's let it know. Let's get, let's get these guys working on hockey. All right. We're going to do one more question. It's a question from Carvin, and then we're going to move on to the Sports Cards Live 5, and we're going to wrap it up for Scott tonight. He has some other things he has to get to. So Carvin wants to know, do you only accept hobby or retail skews of wax? And also, do you have someone that examines for t wax tampering? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Um and, and so that's why I said, be very like when you're, when you're sending them in, like, even if they're a little like dented in, or if there's a little rip in it, we're, we're going to reject it and send it back. Um, and so be very careful when you're sending your stuff. Um, we will accept any uh, wax for a set that we take on our site. And so for example, we take prism. And so you can send us any sort of prism. You can't send us like an individual pack but you can send us a hanger. You can send us a blaster. You can send us a hobby. Um, you can send us retail. We'll take it all. All right. Awesome. Okay. So very quickly, we've got hockey here. We got hockey. We got hockey. We got hockey. We got hockey. Hockey. Bowling. Amit wants bowling. Yeah. How did How did soccer beat hockey? How, how, how? Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Include hockey cards and wax. I'll second. We have a second for bowling. So a couple of jokesters out there, which doesn't surprise me, especially who, who's the big card in bowling. Who, who's the rookie that we should be chasing? Yeah, exactly. I don't think there's anybody, but definitely hockey. Vegas fine. Seven, seven, seven says definitely hockey. He opens hockey on his channel. Um, yeah, we've got, we got, more, we got, we got golf. We got darts. Okay. So we golf. are going to jump now, Scott, into what I like to call the sports cards live five. So, I see. I saw you just bend down. Maybe you have a card on there. So we're going to start with question number one for you, Scott. What is your favorite card in your personal collection? Um, my favorite card is uh, 
probably I have a few, but my favorite one is pro- right now is probably my 1996 uh, Sports Illustrated for Kids Tiger Woods card, uh, PSA nine. Um, Very nice. I don't have that here. Jeb, one of your other favorites to show us. uh, So um, I'm at family's house. And so my cousin's a really big Nick fan. I am too, but he's bigger. And so I got him this card, which is kind of cool. It's a Bernard King number to 10 auto card, which is I'll probably go downstairs and give it this to him. (laughs) Um, And so that that's the card that, that I brought to show here. But uh, your favorite is the Tiger Woods. My favorite. I yeah, I love collecting golf for some reason, and so I'm a huge Tiger Woods fan. And, um, uh, as you probably know, Upper Deck's got uh, some golf products coming out shortly, so that'll oh, yeah. turn your crank. I'm sure. Question number two: What is the highest priority want card on your list right now for you to acquire? Um, there's a few like really, really old, old Tom Morris cards. He's a uh, he was like one of the grandfathers of golf. Um, he's uh, he was, you know, what one of the birth guys at St. Andrews. And so there's some old cigarette cards from, you know, the late 1800s and the early 1900s that are on my list. And that's that's kind of what I've been looking into recently. All right. Cool. Vintage. Old. And then on, on the flip side for modern basketball, um, I'm trying to trade up and I'm trying to trade around some some cards on star sock to be able to afford a nice uh, kevin durant uh tops chrome card all right very cool number three where's your favorite place to buy cards and this is not a not a preset this is a question i ask everybody so you can say whatever you want for that two answers um either star stock if i'm looking to do it digitally or the card shop yeah can't be you know going in and just having a good conversation and open up some cards and so do you have like- a local I have a semi-local, <laughs> so like I got to drive 25 minutes, but it's good enough. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. 30 minutes maybe, but. Question number four, and you might be doing this, you might be doing this with Starstock, but if you could change one thing about the hobby, what would it be? Make it easier. Uh, make it easier for people to figure out which card to get. The education piece is really tough. I've noticed that with my friends that are trying to come in. They know the players, but they don't know the cards. They don't know which card to get. So I think making that easier and then just taking out some of the pain points, you know, refunds and stuff like that, that just make no sense. We need to strip that away from our hobby. Yeah. Okay. Fair, fair answer for sure. And the last question, what is your biggest hobby purchase or sale regret? Uh... That's uh, so I bought, I went in on football this year and I think a lot of people that went in, that did it in the wrong way, lost on some cards and I certainly did. Um, and so I did, I did make some money on some cards and some of them I have just kept. I love the cards, but uh, I did buy a few Saquon Barkley's and a few Christian McCaffrey's that after week two, I knew uh, they were bad moves. <laughs> they were both yeah. injured. All right. Good stuff, man. Well, thank you for uh, taking part in the Sports Cards Live 5. Always fun for me. And I hope the viewers enjoyed that as well. It's not supposed to be a rapid fire or anything. Just get into some five uh, five questions and, and hear what you have to say. So we're going to keep you for another two minutes, Scott. I'm going to run through some more comments and we'll say goodbye. And then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll look into starting the after hour show, which is set to start in one hour. We'll probably start that half an hour early. So Andy, if you are out there listening, the Fantasy Football Card Quest, you are my guest. Let's see if we can get that show started a half an hour earlier than usual. All right.
Uh, we have Will says soccer is the future. Soccer and hoops will be the two biggest markets uh, worldwide. And, you know, I mean, yeah, if you can see the future, uh, I want I want lots of advice from you. That is for sure. Uh, and I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Soccer is global, so there's probably no doubt about it. Uh, Yamwax has a vote for solo sports stars. Federer, Serena, Hogan, Andre, Ali, Tyson. Yeah, there's lots of lots of options out there. But these guys are sticking to to the. I, I would call them the league sports, the real big ones for now. I would think. But That's an interesting idea, though, Yamwax. I kind of like that. That's interesting. That's cool. There you go, Yam. Yam is making changes hobby wide right now. I love it. Carvin says hockey is the new soccer. Hockey for sure. <laughs> except Ziggy Palfi cards. He was a real great player. Actually played for the New York Islanders in the nineties. Great player. Great player. Um, Mookie bets in, in bowling YouTube it. That's too, that's too funny. Too funny. Well, the 300, right? Is that Diddy? Wow. That's impressive. So. so the Mookie bets bowling rookie card, that'll be hot for sure. Well, we, uh, actually, we actually, uh, I think we have a few Russell Wilson baseball cards on our site. And so we're kind of like, look, it, we're, we like to have fun. If you, if, if there's like a, an interesting card that we can take on the site that makes sense and fits our parameters, we're, we're all for it. And so Russell Wilson's an active, a currently active athlete. And this was his rookie card. It just happened to be for baseball. There you go. All right. Very cool. Uh, Scott says curious who Scott thinks is the second most important hobby golf icon. Hmm. Hobby golf icon like like uh, for for sports cards, um, I think it's going to be one of these young guys when this new set comes out. I think this new set is going to bring a lot of eyes to the golf uh, sports card space, and so I think once people open up these packs and are chasing for Bryson DeChambeau rookies and Justin Thomas rookies, um, I think it's going to shine a light on maybe Dustin Johnson's rookie card and maybe. Uh, Maybe we'll see Rory McIlroy see a big increase. Um, it seems like right now for the golf market, um, really like the goats demand the good prices, but some of these other guys are really forgotten about. And so I, I think the whole sport in general is going to really has an opportunity to take off um, this spring. We'll see. All right. Yeah. Why not? Right. It's, it's ripe for sure. Uh, John says, thanks, Scott. Signing up after the stream ends. That's really nice to hear. Carvin hey, says soccer is the second hottest sport right now. So what he's telling me is that hockey will be fifth and we can't ex expect it to reclaim that. Be number one, right? What's that? Maybe hockey's the one. Maybe hockey's the hottest sport. Maybe I've Car Carvin saying soccer is the second behind basketball, obviously. Oh, he's saying no, it's basketball, as we all know. Basketball's king right now. There's there's no arguing that. And it's all right. There's some great players in there, great, great cards as well. So for sure. All right, Scott. We just hit uh we just hit 9:30 on my watch. I'm gonna let you go, guys. Let's give him a thank you uh, in the comments here. And I, I do, Scott, thank you for joining. Um, it was a couple months in the making, but I'm glad to have, have got you. We'll get you back later on. I'm sure you guys will be doing more big things. As time goes by and we'll get you back for an update maybe six months down the road something like that so thank you so much for joining i'm gonna i'm gonna stay on for a couple minutes after you go so i'll let you you head out and just let you say a quick goodbye appreciate it thanks for having me on hope to come back uh, again soon um thanks for all the great questions and and feedback really really enjoyed this such a cool layout that you do by the way like this was a, an absolute blast um, and, and thanks for, for all the folks that, that are going to give us a try, um, ap after this interview as well. All right, man. Well, Hey, you're welcome. It's, it's a pleasure to have you have a good rest of your evening and, uh, and thanks for joining us tonight. I'll let you go. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye Scott. Thank you.
All right, guys. So it's just me now. We're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Andy on here. We're gonna start a new broadcast probably very shortly here. I got to decide right now. What should we do? Should we just uh, have me in the comments right now for another half hour or so, or should we end this and bring on Andy if he's out there and ready? Andy, if you're watching, can you let me know if you're available to start early in the comments? That would be helpful. If not, um, I will wrap this up and we'll come back when when Andy's back. And you'll notice on the on the main channel on Sports Cards Live, we will come back live. So let's just see. Final comments. I will run through some of these. Card Collector, hello to you. Carvin wanted to know. Too late now, Carv, but want to know, would you still be looking for a KD Chrome if he wasn't an investor? That's a, yeah, I wonder. I wonder. A word of advice, go for the gusto and get the exquisite RPA. Go for the gusto. Carv, spending other people's money, Carvin. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Vegas. I appreciate that. That was a great time with Scott. Got some great uh, information out there. Uh, Yam, always great to have you. Thank you so much. Eric Perry, good stuff. Brian Kingsley, thank you, thank you. Hockey, hockey, good stuff. Scott, you are welcome. David Supple, talking to Scott. Carvin, thank you. You are welcome, my man. Good to see you as always. Stay on, says John. All right, man. You're the boss. I know. I'm, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, you got, you got, you got to. Oh, there's Andy. Scott says yes. Joe, great Joe. Thank you, Joe. Andy, I'm ready when you are, brother. All right, man. So listen, we're gonna kill this show right now. I'm gonna end this. We're going to come back on. Give me, let, let's, uh, Andy, we're going to do this real early. Let's come on in 15 minutes. So right now I'm looking at 9.32 my time. We'll come on at 9.45, which is 11.45 Eastern, 8.45 Pacific. We will be back with uh, with after hours with my guest will be Andy. You see him on, you see him on the screen right now, the fantasy, fantasy football card quest. He is a Starstock super user, loves the, loves the platform. So any more questions that some of you may have about Starstock, bring them to After Hours. We will be back very shortly. I'm going to just look at the rest of these comments here. Big Daddy Cool says, is this concept, concept strikingly similar to the business model launched off the Pit card company 20-something years ago? That's a great question. I remember the Pit very well, but I never used it. I don't know why I didn't use it. I probably didn't understand it or didn't find it uh, user-friendly back in the day. But um, the Pit, you know, I think they sell the website. But it definitely did not become anything substantial within our hobby. It's certainly not, you know, Starstock's only been around for a year. And I've heard their name, you know, a hundred times more often than I've heard the pit, probably in my life. So uh, it doesn't say much for the pit, unfortunately. Uh, John, don't be embarrassed. It's okay, buddy. It's okay. Jordan says, Metal Universe would be a perfect first set for Starstock hockey. Yeah, I think it would be because that's going to be a very, very popular uh, set for sure. Scott says, do you think Starstock will help with the buying and selling between Canada and the U.S.? I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I would need to think about that, but something to think about for sure. Andy, I will see you in the other studio in a couple of minutes here. Yeah. Can I presume you see non-rookie hockey stars in 2012 Prism as key cards? Great question. Yeah, I did show a Sidney Crosby uh, 2012 Prism card on my Instagram account today, a blue parallel out of 25. You know, just like the Tom Brady's and the Kobe's are selling from 2012 Prism for huge money, I think I do see that. I mean, how can you not? Like, I, I, I wouldn't have spotted it myself if the market wasn't telling me that. But the market is telling me that first-year Prism cards are very important. And I understand the concept of a first-year, you know, fill-in-the-blank brand being very important. But it has to be that fill-in-the-blank brand has to be an important brand. And, and Prism has that status in the hobby it just does we can't deny it it's kind of like it's here to stay so yeah my answer to that is yes yes yeah i do timing is everything with startups right exactly maybe the pit was 
20 years too early. Can definitely see that. That blue is sweet. Thank you, Joe. What is your next show about, Scott? Next show is going to be next Saturday. My guest is Dr. James Beckett, the creator of Beckett, Beckett Magazines, Beckett Grading, all that stuff. So he's going to be on with me. We're going to talk about whatever it is that he wants to talk about. He's coming on. We got to, I'll put it up right now on the ticker for you guys. Future episodes, I got Dr. Beckett on December the 26th for part one. He's coming back on January the 9th. We got two episodes with him. In the middle sandwich between, we have Josh Johnson from Cardboard Chronicles and Card Ladder joining me on January the 2nd. So pretty uh, happy to have uh, Dr. Beckett on with me twice. A and Well, we number two and number three, actually. A.O. Rhino, good evening to you. Brian says, you heard it from the hockey god. Oh, big... Big praise there, Brian, but I appreciate it. 2012 Prism set. I mean, you can't find them anymore. That's the thing. Like, there's just not much available. I've been looking. I've been looking. I've had a safe search for 2012 Prism uh, for months now, and nothing really comes up. And if it does, you know, it's not cheap. People are catching on. And A.O. Rhino says, what was that thing you used to get scratches off of slabs? Okay, right here. That is called Meguiar's Scratch X 2.0. This is what I use to rub out scuffs and light, light scratches on um, on one touches and on uh, grating slabs. So it does a pretty good job. You have to use some elbow grease though. You do have to use some elbow grease. So don't expect just to wipe it, wipe it with a Kleenex and it's and you're gonna take care of the, the, the holder. You do want to use a bit of uh, pressure to make sure you're getting out those scuffs. Really, they're gone. You can find a few cards on there, Brian, but not very much. If that was still still about the 2012 Prisms, you can find them, but there's not much out there. You're welcome, Ao. Again, for anyone who's interested, it is called Meguiar's Scratch X 2.0 Amazon, about 15 bucks a bottle, and you just use a little little bit on your slab. And I use some trusty paper towel and I wipe it away. All right, guys, I'm going to end this one. We're going to start up the after hours show very soon, probably in about eight minutes. It'll be a new broadcast on the channel. You'll see it go live. Go to Sports Cards Live YouTube main channel. You'll see it there. And uh, and subscribe to the channel. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the channel, guys. Hit the thumbs up. All those things that all the YouTubers always ask for. There's a reason we ask for them. I don't really understand the reasons exactly, except that it's just nice to know you have an audience and it's growing. So uh, as far as the algorithm works, I don't know what that really is or how it works. So, But it's important. So thank you very much. All right, guys. That's it for the first episode. We will be back very soon with After Hours and my guest, Andy, the Fantasy Football Card Quest. All right, guys. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.